don't know if you've been outside today, but it's quite hot in parts of Australia. If you're in South Australia, it's hot and stormy. Uh, I've just uh, brought up the BOM website, the Bureau of Meteorology here, tells me that New South Wales, South Australia and Queensland have all recorded maximum temperatures in excess of 45 degrees today. In South Australia, the Country Fire Service says there have been more than 30,000 lightning strikes, 30,000 lightning strikes today, sparking a number of small fires, uh, which have been quickly contained, thankfully. Tomorrow, the heatwave conditions are expected to worsen in New South Wales and Queensland. How are you coping? And how do you prepare? Have you prepared? As we know, certainly heatwaves are a bit of a silent killer when it comes to their effect on the community. Emma Bacon is the founder and executive director of Sweltering Cities. Tell me, Emma, what is Sweltering Cities? What do you do? Thanks for having me. Um, Sweltering Cities, we're an NGO that works directly with communities who are impacted by extreme heat. So that's people who live in hot homes, hot suburbs, or they work in hot workplaces. And we do campaigns and advocacy for more livable, equitable, and sustainable cities, and also to prevent heatwave disasters. Because we know we're going to have heatwaves, we know they're going to get worse because of climate change, but we don't need to have heatwave disasters. I know uh, one of your campaigns involves taking pictures of and effectively dobbing in bus stops that don't have shelter, uh, which kind of boggles my mind if you're putting on uh, this sort of public amenity of running a bus around the suburbs, you kind of need a place to wait for them. We do have a a lot of um, urban planning catch-up to do, really, when it comes to the realities of of global warming and and, and the heat waves we expect to go along with it. What are the biggest challenges? Is it the heat islands, uh, black roofs? What else? Yeah, 100%. It's those urban heat island regions where you've got hardly any trees, got lots of dark roofs, concrete that absorbs heat and radiates it back out. And you're right in the sense that it boggles the mind that we are still building like this and that people don't have basic infrastructure. We've found, as you said, like we've been looking at bus shelters in Western Sydney. In Penrith tomorrow, it's going to be well over 40 degrees. And we know that 70% of the bus stops there have no shelter or shade. It's going to be extremely tough on people tomorrow. We saw in Europe last uh, summer in the Northern Hemisphere, heat really affecting different parts of the community um, in an unfair way, if you like. It certainly affects the young and the old, the vulnerable in terms of socioeconomic position within society. Finally, we heard from the federal government uh, launching a, a national climate health strategy. It points to the development of something called a national heat health action plan. What would you like to see in that plan? What does a good heatwave plan even look like? Well, I think a really good heatwave plan starts with the idea of we need to protect the most vulnerable members of our community because heatwaves are the biggest killer of any environmental disaster in Australia. They kill more people than all the others combined. And I know this is a scary thing to say, but when we're looking ahead to the coming summer, people are going to die in the heat. We're a wealthy country and people are going to die in the heat because they're poor, which for me is just totally unacceptable. So we need to start with making sure people who are in hot homes, who are at risk for various reasons because their bodies can't regulate temperature, people who are working outside, all have protections and support to stay safe. You mentioned Europe and you know what happened last year. 60,000 people died in Europe because of the heat. And that included people like street cleaners in Madrid who dropped dead on the job because they didn't have the protections at work and they're dealing with unprecedented heat. When I look over most city skylines in this country, you see 
buildings uh, with their usually with their lights on, uh, no doubt with air conditioning on. When we think about the indoor spaces that we have available to society, local pools, air-conditioned libraries. I mean, the idea of safe havens for the heat exhausted is a very interesting one because the equality of access there uh, often is stymied by, you know, planning laws and state and federal government Mm -hmm. kind of red tape. Do state and federal governments need to carry more of this heat response burden to kind of mandate access to these um, sort of safe spaces? Well, yeah, at the moment, often it's local government or community centres who are stepping up and actually doing a lot of the heatwave direct response and protection for their community. I've spoken to local councils and, you know, neighbourhood centres, community um, centres across the country who are at the moment like preparing to be a safe place for their community. But we often know that those sort of places aren't accessible to some of the most vulnerable. So it depends on how you're going to get there. Do you have a pet? You can't take your pet to the library. Um, There's all these reasons why at the moment they might not be suitable for everyone. We really need to see a lot more state and federal leadership when it comes to providing the resources to help communities stay safe. Because if you're a neighbourhood house, if you're a community centre and you're looking at your community saying, we need to protect people, They might not be getting the funding they need to stay open later, to put in air conditioning, you know, to do that outreach. We really need to be funding those frontline people who are doing the care and the support in their community. Emma Bacon is the founder of Sweltering Cities. We're talking about the heatwave that's sweeping across the country uh, this afternoon and this weekend. I hope you and yours are staying safe this close to Christmas. It's 13 past four. Let's keep our sort of solutions hat on, if you like. When it comes to renters, what... What solutions are there? Obviously, renters don't have much um, autonomy over their ability, uh, or even financial as well as spatial, to put in air conditioning. Are there any kind of bright ideas in this space? Yeah, there is this problem in Australia that renters across the country, there's no jurisdiction where people have the right to a heatwave safe home. So that's just not a protection people have. And we know that renters are recording temperatures in the high 30s or in the 40s. That's a really unsafe temperature, especially if you've got older people or kids. And they don't have the ability to go and say, well, you know, we're going to install an aircon with solar, we're going to put in new blinds, things like that. So what we need to do is update the rental laws to make sure people are safe at home. But in a practical sense, what people can do this weekend and this summer is to make sure they're stopping the hot air, and the hot, like the, temp, the hot um, heat coming into their house. So draft proofing, blocking out the windows, things like that. Make sure you've got a fan and or you know, if your aircon is working, check that now. People need to sit down and make a heatwave plan. Treat it like a disaster. I actually was riding a bike today and realised how easy it is to just pour water on you and use it as an evaporative cooling. It's Mm. the kind of simple things that really can be uh, key here. Also, Mm. relatively cost effective. Uh, We'll hope you uh, stay safe where you are this weekend. Emma Bacon is the founder and executive director of Sweltering Cities. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.